0: Well, we are in for a treat this morning, church. If you joined us for the very first Sunday of 2021, you might remember, if not, I'm going to remind you, that one of our goals as a church was to create and sustain communities of transformation, and transformation has been central to our teachings To our conversations that you've had, um, that we've had and led, and to really just our overall focus as a church this year. If you've sat down with me over lunch or coffee, you've probably heard me ask something along the lines (laughs) where you're shaking your head. Hey, what's God doing in your life? How are you responding? How are you changing? What's transformation look like in your life, in the life of your small group? Things like that. Um, Biblical transformation has been defined as a change or renewal From a life that no longer conforms to the ways of the world, to one that pleases God. Let's look at a few uh, passages from the New Testament uh, that talk about this as well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And then Romans 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And today we have the privilege of hearing um, the stories of two people in our church who have allowed God to completely transform them. We're going to hear from Tyler Banks and Kirsten Bolton. And if you knew them a year ago, you know now that they are not the same person. They are not who they once were, right? Even just a year ago, they are literally new creations in Christ. God has softened their heart, and they have surrendered to his plan, to his purposes, and to his movement in their lives. And so today we get to hear their story of how they have allowed God to renew their minds and to transform them, transform the way they think about themselves, about God, and others. So it's not my story to share, so I'm going to shut up and invite uh, Tyler Banks to kick us off. So let's give him a warm welcome.
1: Thank you, Justin. So right about now, I'm wishing um, I paid a little bit more attention in my public speaking class in college because... This has been rough for me. But uh, I'm Tyler Banks, like Justin said. Um, I've been attending Wellspring for probably about the last two years. Um, and I'm originally from Oak Grove. Um, I moved here in 2017 to start teaching at Spring Garden. Um, I teach PE there. I also coach girls basketball there. And I just started coaching cross country and track with Bob at Central. <clears throat> so I did not grow up in the church um, or hearing about God I always had a tugging at my heart um, towards God, but I never really got to talk to anyone about it. I went to a Christian college, Oral Roberts, um, but I primarily went there to run track and cross country. So when we had chapel or other events, um, I typically skipped them, to be honest. When I was 24, I got engaged to a girl I dated for eight years. Um, But a year later, she broke off that engagement. This brought me to kind of a spiritual fork in the road. Um I could either continue on um numbing out and moving on um or I could move towards this tugging of my heart and start going to church, which I ended up doing. It was the first time I'd ever chose this path. Um I was in a very broken place mentally, emotionally, um when I decided to start going to church. Um and I didn't really know what to do. So I got on my knees and prayed because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. Um Life started getting easier when I started going to church, um, which entered in kind of like with my personality. Um, I got complacent, so I stopped pursuing Christ. Um, I mean, when it's easy, I don't need to do any more work. So um, part of my life getting better during this time was meeting a basketball coach who sought after me because she needed a middle school coach. Um, She promised to write all of my practice plans, um, so I said yes to the job. She never wrote a practice plan for me, so uh, um, after my season finished, um, I started going to her practices to learn a little bit more about her program, Um, but little did I know she'd be my future wife, (laughs) but we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) Um, Although this sounds like a pretty cool story, um, I'll be the first to tell you it didn't stay that way for very long. Um, Kirsten and I dating on the surface, I was incredibly happy. Um, but soon after, we had just months and months of just unhealthy conflict. Um, I realized some pretty ugly parts about my heart, um, and my behavior really reflected who I was before Christ. Um, during those years, I would have told you I was a Christian, um, because I thought I was, honestly. Um, but, it was re- but as things were revealed to me, um, life on my own and apart from Christ, I recognized three things. Um, I recognized I was asleep to pretty much everything in life. Um, I was filled with a lot of self-doubt and felt isolated and alone. So I'm going to speak on those three things. Um, The first about me being asleep. I don't know how many of you guys know about the Enneagram. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I do know I'm a nine. Um, I also know it's probably the best number on the Enneagram because we're Peacemakers, um, we see all sides of the situation, um, so it's pretty easy for us to kind of see things through other people's perspective. There are two small flaws in that. Um, We kind of suppress our emotions and we really don't know how to deal with our anger, Um, but that's not very bad, so we'll just forget about those. Um, Being asleep for me looked like numbing out and distracting myself from anything that could cause conflict or would take work. Um, This would look like me just scrolling through social media just for hours, um, playing games, um, trying to call people when I was bored, Um, just anything to kind of distract me. This kept me from resolving conflict with people as well as avoiding going to counseling to resolve my current and past trauma. The next thing I'm gonna talk about is my self-doubt. I've always doubted my abilities professionally and personally, such as the ability to speak in front of you guys. Um, It's been a really hard last week just because I don't like the way I speak in front of people. So uh, it's been pretty hard just having those like, kind of come back in my life. Um, in my personal life, I never felt like I was good enough for people. always thought that if I separated myself away from them, it would make their life better. Um, I hated myself anytime time I would mess up even the smallest things. The last thing I'm going to talk about um, of who I was before Christ is being isolated and alone. For a long time, I didn't have any Christians to talk to. So like any typical male, I said, I can do it all on my own. Just kind of push away my feelings. Um, As you can probably guess, this left me even more broken um, and empty inside. Um, Before sharing who I was before Christ, um, I want to share with you all the journey that kind of led me to him. Um, So after dating for about a year and a half, Kirsten and I broke up in October of 2020. Um, Like I said, after months of conflict, Um, I broke up with her because I thought her life would be better. Um, I also thought this would fix my problems because they couldn't have been my problems. They were obviously hers. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, this brought me to another spiritual fork in the road. Um, And I don't think I would have chosen to go back to church again if I wouldn't have chosen that a long time ago or before. Um, I could have continued numbing out like I was accustomed to. Um, or I could once again follow this kind of tugging at my heart like I need to go to church. Um, October to this, uh, through December of last year was probably the lowest point of my life. Um, I began having just really loud, consuming, intrusive thoughts um, from the enemy. These thoughts consisted of me hearing, you're not good enough. No one cares about you. <laughs> no one loves you. Why are you here? These thoughts um, completely consumed me to the point I uh, couldn't function day to day. So I reached out to Justin. My conversation with him pretty much started the process of me digging in spiritually. Um, He led me to some people and led me to a group to talk to. Um, But everything really, truly came together on December 27th of last year, um, a day that honestly changed my life. Um, I know I keep going back to cursing here, but uh, we were communicating on and off during these times. um, And that Sunday, we had just another argument. Um, Couldn't even tell you what it was about. Um, I told her I was not going to church, hung up the phone, um, which was typically something I did, and uh, just decided, you know, I was going to numb out. Um, Typically, I would sit in this anger because i wouldn't seek the Father in this. Um, However, this day was just a little bit different. Um, Instead of being anger and just sitting in that, a calm came over me, and I felt and heard the word hope. Um, I started thinking, what are you putting your hope into, into cursing? Why are you not putting your hope into him? Uh, This really stopped me, like in my tracks, because this was not my normal way of thinking. I didn't think like that. So I knew it wasn't from me. Ultimately, I decided it's probably a good idea to go to church and hear what Bob had to say on the matter. Um, To my surprise, Kelsey Irwin was talking that day, and she was speaking about why God desires silence in your life. Initially, I wanted to leave because I went to church to hear what Bob had to preach about. Um, (laughs) As you guys know, that's why we come here. But (laughs) um, instead, I decided to stay when she asked a question, what is something that you keep throwing out of your life that God keeps putting back in your life. This really just made me think. Um, Immediately, I thought about Kirsten and how I kept throwing her out of my life or attempting to throw her out of my life, but for some reason, she just came back. Um, And I think even if you asked her, she wouldn't know why. Um, As if I needed any more of God's evidence in my story or in this story, um, this was also the day we wrote on the rock about the one word that God had really put on our heart. Um, that woke me up. I felt like someone just slapped me across the face and, you know, cause I, I knew, I knew God had put that on my heart, the word of hope. Um, so I was just pretty much in shock. So I decided on that day, December 27th, I was going to silence my life from Kirsten and any other distraction in my life. I was going to start putting my hope in him. Um, I knew this was going to be like walking through a storm. I knew it was going to hurt. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be scary. And it it honestly was. Most Sundays, I sat up there um, to kind of distance myself away. Um, And I pretty much cried every service. And I left in the same manner. Um, It was all I could do to get to my car so no one would see me crying. I kind of joked around that mass really helped me out during that time. So, (laughs) Um, From January to March, uh, things were really hard, and they were scary, but God really led me through and led me to the arms of just some amazing people. Um, Now, there were many people that really impacted me during this time, but I'm going to talk about a few just really specific ones. Um, During these months, I started seeing a counselor, which was... Kind of like me speaking to you today, kind of a miracle in itself, um, because I'm a guy and I can fix my own problems. I don't need someone telling me how to fix my problems. Um, This couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, Sherry Oldrich and the impact she's had on my life is almost unexplainable. Um, With her, I've been able to walk through my hurt of my past relationships, um, as well as my relationship with my family, um, and then how I respond to conflict. So... The most specific conversations, however, were centered around God um, and how it was so evident that He was in my story. Even when I was hurt, um, it was leading me to better destinations. During this time, God had led me to a men's group led by Brent Irwin and brought me into a community of Christian men who, without I don't know where I'd be at today. God also led me to Max Bieler, my assistant basketball coach, who was the first male i had ever talked to about my faith. <clears throat> he was always there to listen to me and give me encouragement throughout the season when I needed it, which his reach has really impacted me far outside of basketball. Uh, this year I've also had the honor to coach with Bob and Kristen. Um, my time spent with them has allowed me to grow um, and then in many aspects of my life. <clears throat> but more than anything, They've given me a Christian mentorship that I've never had in my life. Lastly, um, God led me to Taylor Kennedy. He was there for me when I was at my worst. Spent many nights crying to him. Um, But each time I had a conversation with Taylor, it left me feeling closer to Christ. Each of these people and many more um, have listened to me and spoke truth to me, but most importantly, they've led me back to Christ when I was ready to give up. Uh, thanks to these people and the protection of Christ, I made it through this storm. And in March, I was led back to Kirsten. Um, and we're getting married just this July. So, um, through this journey, I can uh, confidently say <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Uh, through this journey, I can confidently say um, or speak into the person I'm becoming in Christ. Um, At first I was asleep, but now I've been awakened by the gospel, praying and bringing God into all situations. I now see, hear, and process the world much differently. Next, I was filled with self-doubt, but now I'm more confident in myself and who God says I am. When I mess up or make mistakes or even don't act like who I want to be. Um, I'm no longer filled with shame, but instead remember the truth of who God says I am. And lastly, um, I was isolated and alone, but now I walk confidently with a community of Christians. Um, being a part of a men's group and a community of Christians has lifted me up and hold me, held me accountable rather than trying to do all things on my own. Uh, now, I know this was just kind of an outline of my story. Um, and It goes, honestly, a lot deeper than all of this. Um, But I just want to close by just saying how thankful I am for God, how thankful I am he led me through the storm, thankful that he led me into a community of Christians in Wellspring. I'm thankful he gave me a new life and a new purpose. I'm talking today because I want to encourage others who are like me, who may be asleep or lost, who may be sitting in the pews just trying to make it to their car, I want to encourage you to fight through the darkness and seek the Father. I want to tell you to put your hope in God. I can speak firsthand that he is always there and will always be with you. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to all of you guys just for listening. I just pray that it's encouraging to you. Um, just God is so good. Just amazing. Thank you. Thank
0: you. It's hard to follow that. Thank you so much. It takes so much courage, guys, just to get up here, let alone to share that type of stuff, right? Awesome. Thank you so much, man, for your faithfulness. I got some more to say here in a minute, but um, we're going to let Kirsten come up kind of share the other half of the equation, and then we'll put the puzzle together.
2: <laughs> All right. All um. right. Good job, babe. Proud of you. (laughs) Um, Like Justin said, I'm Kirsten uh, Bolton, and I currently teach at Benton High School. Um, I teach credit recovery and leadership, which is super fun, and then I lead a youth group here at Wellspring. Um, I've been attending Wellspring for probably consistently like the past four years, um, but really, really consistently the past year. I came in high school but really, that was just because my twin sister Blair came. Um, I can't even say her name. <laughs> um, but I wanted to just share um, some scripture to start with today. Um, it's Psalm sixty six sixteen, 16, and it says, Come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. Um, and I think that's what we're doing here today. Um, is just sharing what he's done for us. Um, and I know that he's done a lot for you guys, and he's done a lot for us, and he will do a lot um, for you as well. So first of all, I just want to share, for me, one of the most encouraging things that um, I think as a believer is just hearing stories of transformation, um, just how God has changed us and brought us into his likeness, and I'm able to worship him more um, when I hear other stories, and so I just wanted to share with Justin how thankful I am um, just to be able to share with you all today. And I hope you leave feeling um, encouraged and just able to worship God more intimately um, after hearing his story in my life. Um, I think the easiest way to start would be fo- kind of like Tyler, but just focusing on who I was before Christ. Um, I've spent a large majority of the last year just processing um, who I was through life altering events, um, digging into the Enneagram. Um, I'm an eight female eight. Shout out to Karen Barnes. We're rare out there. So, um, and then through true transformation from the Holy Spirit. Um, I can honestly say when I talk about who Kirsten was before Christ, I don't know her very well. Um, but for the sake of understanding, let me tell you about her. (laughs) Uh, She was um, painfully afraid of being known because she loathed herself. Um, When Tyler and I first started dating, it's really funny now, uh, we were like two weeks in. It's like fresh, Um, you know, supposed to be the fun stuff. And I was like, Tyler, I can't do this. I'm giving you an out, here's the out. I don't like myself, I don't, I don't want you to know me, I don't want you to know anything about me. Um, he didn't take it, which is crap, but it's okay. Um, I think maybe we know why, um, as of right now. Um, she was numb because if she didn't feel then she could protect herself um, from anyone who could potentially hurt her. Um, she was blind and complacent in her sin, it didn't really matter who you were um, and what you thought her way was the right way. Kirsten was abrasive. Um, Kirsten, Wellspring's a great place, but Kirsten hated going to church um, because she didn't know anybody and didn't have any community. She isolated herself and stayed insanely busy, so she never had to deal with anything. Um, she was far from the father and subconsciously always knew, but was too prideful to do anything about it. Uh, It makes me uh, really sad talking about who I was uh, before. As you can see, my heart honestly breaks. Um, But thankfully, we serve a God who is faithful and doesn't let us go. And over the last year, God has truly given me a heart transplant in one of the most painful but beautiful ways, which is the transformation I'm going to talk about. So before we get to know who Kirsten is becoming, I want to share a part of the transformation that occurred. During COVID last year, um, God slowly started softening my heart. Um, I was reflecting over the last year and he was allowing me to see my hard heart and how my sin had affected and hurt others. Um, which I had not been able to see for years, um, to be honest. Um, So I remember in the spring of last year, um, I called Bob and had a conversation with him about how um, just my sin had affected and hurt people around me, um, and then just how it had affected um, my players that I coached and lots of different situations in my life. I really wanted an out, and I wanted Bob to have an over-reliance of grace in that conversation, but he didn't, Um, and he told me just the reality of my sin that, hey, it did hurt other people, um, and that's something that, you know, we can move forward from, and that was really hard for me to process, but after hearing it, um, I had sought to move forward with God, and like, I was gonna redeem my story, that's what was going to happen. I was going to make things right, and I was going to redeem any wrong or thing that had ever happened. Um, uh, so then, um, in July this summer, uh, my world was completely shaken upside down. Um, It's really hard to see when you're crying. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but so just give me a minute. (laughs) Um, I loved coaching basketball. It was probably wouldn't have known at the time. Um, I loved just pouring into kids, um, just pushing them and just building relationships with them. And it was my identity. I probably wouldn't have told you that and an idol in my life, um, but I loved it. Um, And so July of 2020, I resigned um, from coaching basketball. Um, I'd been in high school after an incident uh, ensued. And so um, part of my personality is seeking justice for myself and all people. And when that doesn't happen, whew, I really struggle. And I think God knows that <laughs> in a very intimate way. Um, I'd struggle to handle situations that are unfair, and God put me in a position where I couldn't fight for an injustice in my own life. And these were the very strong parts of my personality that this uprooted. One, I love to be in control. <laughs> it's really fun when you think you are. Um, and I had zero control. Um, two, I loathe being weak. And I'd felt the most weak I'd ever felt before. Three, vulnerability feels like death. And if you're me, you know that. It truly feels like death. And I had been put in an extremely vulnerable position um, during that time. I tried to avoid these things all of my life, um, which led to this cyclical pattern of doing things on my own um, and ultimately being dissatisfied with myself and my relationship with God. So now I was at this crossroad that really only led me to one option is that I could go to the Father. Um, and that was the only thing I could control. And I knew if I tried to do things on my own, I pretty much knew how that would turn out. Um, Along with this part of my story, like Tyler mentioned, in October 2020, um, he broke up with me, which put me in a state um, that I had zero control again, Um, and that was really, really hard for me. I could no longer control, or what I thought was control, Tyler's faith, (laughs) and him. Um, I had learned that, again, trying to do this on my own wouldn't work, so I sought out help and community um, during this time. Uh, my sweet friend and counselor, Sherry Oldrich, um, reminded me that Tyler breaking up with me really had nothing to do with me. Um, she reminded me that God could do more without me, and God was wrecking Tyler's life in order to put it back together. Um, so again, I was in this space where the only thing I could do was seek the Father. So I did, and I prayed for months for Tyler to know the gospel. Um, so that was October, and then as the last, this is kind of the last, like, six months or whatever months we're in, in that space, um, months went by, and let me tell you, they were the hardest months of my entire life. Um, I was continually stripped of control. I felt weak. Um, I had vulnerability hangovers weekly, all the time, um, and I had to continue to choose to allow the Father to heal me um, while seeking him with my all. Um... I had talked to Bob over the last couple months about, a con- we had a conversation as well, I had a really hard day at school and had just had given him a call and he used this analogy about cancer and how just as with cancer, you can cut away the muscle to heal. God was continually cutting away the parts of me that needed healing. And it was painful and ugly and oh so exposing, but the result um, was true healing from the father. And I want to share a little of what this looked like through these months. Um, So here are a few journal entries to kind of explain um, what that space looked like. Oh, it's hard to see. Um, So on October 28th, I said, I just read Henry Nouwen's inner voice of love. It is clear that something in you is dying and something is being born. (laughs) I feel that in my soul. This wouldn't have been possible without the painful incidents I've gone through these last few months. Lord, thank you for bringing me back to you. Billy, you can go ahead and put the second one up there. I don't think I'll use the third one. Um, So this was another journal entry just a few months after that. Um, And it said, Lord, I need your help. Uh, It's so hard for me to come to you. To be frank, I don't want to. (laughs) This is painful and hard. I hate that I don't come to you, and I hate that this is so hard. I know you know my heart, the purity and ugliness in both. There are so many reasons this is hard. I am impatient. I want things to be solved now. I want the sex now. We must not have been talking at that time. Um, I want him to know you now. I want him to desire, to desire you now. I still pray he would. I also have, I have absolutely no control over this. That's very, very hard for me. The emotions, it's so, so, so up and down. Jesus, I want to be okay if it's just you and me. Lord, teach me how to be alone with you and be satisfied in that. Help me to give you my whole heart and not just the pieces that are whole. I pray you would continue to grow me into your likeness. I pray you would make me more like you. Sometimes it's hard because he answers those (laughs) prayers. Um, And so that's just like a small piece into my heart um, just during that time. But just to show how hard um, those spaces were and how I Didn't always know how to get through it. Um, And so, as months went on, I continued to pursue Christ. um, I continued to just invite community and different people in. Um, But the thing that kind of stuck with me was that I still wanted to redeem, I still would get in spaces that I wanted to redeem my story. And so, I was like, it's really sad because I was like, I haven't been able to do that fully. Um, And I had a conversation with Bob one day. It was that same day that was really hard. He was just (laughs) spitting truth out to me. Um, and so he sh- shared some scripture with me, um, which we can put up on the screen, um, in Philippians three, um, but it was Philippians three, eight through nine. And it said, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord for his sake. I had suffered the loss of all things and count them as, as rubbish in order that i may gain christ and be found in him and that was the first day <laughs> in months that i got to a space that i was like this is it this is the redemption story in order in order that i may gain christ and be found in him and so as time went on, um, God just continually was faithful to me and stayed with me, and I'm going to share with you um, who Kirsten is becoming in Christ. So she was painfully afraid of being known because she loathed herself. Um, she is now known tenderly by the Father and by others. Um, she was numb because if she didn't feel um, then she could protect herself, and she now knows she is protected by the Father. She was blind and complacent in her sin. It didn't really matter who you were and what you were. Her way was right. Um, She was awakened in the gospel and humbled. Um, Kirsten was abrasive. She still is abrasive. (laughs) But she seeks the Father Um, (laughs) after that. I thought that was so funny. I was like, I got to delete that. I still am abrasive, but I'm like, oh, but I seek the Father in that. So it's different. (laughs) Um, Kirsten hated going to church. Um... And now she loves coming to church every week and is surrounded by an authentic community of believers. And she was far from the Father and subconsciously always knew, um, and she is now near to the Father. Through all of this, I can say I've gotten to experience God in a way I never have before. Um, And as unbelievably painful as it's been, it's been a beautiful journey of being reconciled to the Father, which then reminds me of the gospel. Isn't that what our lives are? that we were born into sin, we turn away from the Father continually, but we have a God who continually pursues us (laughs) and gives us Jesus to restore that relationship. I really can't see. (laughs) A beautiful redemption. God gave me a story of beautiful redemption because he cares for me, and for that I'm so thankful for this past year. And I want to encourage you, like the psalmist I shared at the beginning, he can and will do this for your soul as well. Thank you guys for allowing me to share today.
0: Thank you so much. I don't, I don't even feel worthy being up here after those stories. Man, thank you guys for sharing that. You know, I'm so proud of them, not only for coming up here and sharing that type of stuff, Like, yeah, that's great. That takes a lot of courage, but more than that, I'm proud of them for their faithfulness and their obedience to Christ over this past year. Like, that's what I'm truly proud of. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be hearing these stories. And their transformation did not happen by accident, okay? I want us to be clear on understanding that. They didn't just wake up one day and say, wow, I'm a new person. Like, God has radically changed my life. They made lots of deliberate choices to seek God's healing in their life. Lots of deliberate choices. They took their own healing seriously. They invited people into their life. They sought out mentors. They went to counseling. They gave up control and surrendered to the God who is in control. And also, you know, one of them hit on, rather than being just tossed around like an ocean wave when life got hard and just, you know, throwing in the towel, they used those circumstances to help develop their character they said God I, I want you to shape me in this and perhaps most importantly they both said they knew they couldn't do this alone and so they sought out the community can we give them one more round of applause thank you guys so we hope today that obviously we, we hope your hearts were encouraged by hearing their stories but more importantly, we hope that you now, having heard that, will lean into the process of transformation yourself. What does God want to do in your life? Whether you're sitting here or watching on Facebook or wherever you might be listening. Six months from now, one year from now, what story will you be able to share with others of how God changed your life? What story will you be able to share? Who are you seeking out? What mentors are you seeking out? Inviting you, um, inviting into the journey with you. And perhaps practically, what's, what's one step you could take today or this week to begin that journey of healing and transformation? Like they said, he is a good God and he is patiently waiting for us for you to reach out your arm to him and to walk in to the beautiful life that only he has planned for you amen let's pray together Jesus today is one of those days where we are overwhelmed with gratitude you are such a good and faithful God you never leave us you never give up on us you never turn your back on us God